Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? This is take two. Me and Donnie just had a five-minute conversation <laughs> praising the NFL Combine, realizing we're talking to nobody but ourselves. It was a great time. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Donnie. I'm going to ask you again. We just got back from the NFL combine. It was a blast. Yes, we it was did. a blast. They might take it out of Indy. I think I realized I needed one time, one NFL combine to say, don't take it out of Indy. It was a great time. How did you enjoy your week? It was phenomenal. I think from uh, start to finish, I definitely was a little bit busier than I had anticipated being. Uh, but, you know, that, that kind of comes with getting that press pass and, you know, being with the big boys, right? Uh, but, you know, kind of th- touching on the the points that were previously unseen and unheard of by the public. I mean, when you have a city like Indianapolis that, you know, has done it for now 35 consecutive years um, for them to uproot the combine and, you know, potentially take it somewhere else. You know, just try to roll the dice, which, by the way, the NFL not too fond of gambling the last couple of days in case, you know, anybody's wondering. <laughs> Shout out Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Roll the dice on another city trying to emulate the way that the city of Indianapolis has done it, it's just not going to be a wise move. I mean, the city of Indianapolis is synonymous to, you know, what you had previously said before we started recording, like the uh, senior bowl is with mobile and almost kind of like Easter eggs with Easter. I mean, like it, it, they really go tuned to, you know, in hand together. I don't know a world without the NFL combine being outside of Indianapolis. And to be really honest, I don't want to know a world where the combine is played outside of Indianapolis. No doubt. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com, slash Talk. Like this video as we're going along. Donnie, we got to jump right into this because the, the comments are coming quick. People are already having it. The Pittsburgh Steelers lost two, maybe three options at quarterback in the last, like, six and a half hours. Aaron Rodgers announces that he will return to the Green Bay Packers. This comes literally a day after pro football talk confirmed confirmed that Aaron Rodgers agent has spoken with the Pittsburgh Steelers and they were ready to throw anything they could at Aaron Rodgers to get the Packers quarterback that is no longer a a go so the Denver Broncos who said hey we were the front runners for Rodgers we still need a quarterback there's this guy Russell Wilson out in Seattle let's see what if, if we could go get him went and got him for Drew Locke Noah Font or Noah Fant, excuse me, Shelby Harris, two first-rounders, I believe, and two second-rounders, and Mm -hmm. a fifth-rounder. Crazy, crazy compensation. I don't believe that we're in a realm where the Pittsburgh Steelers would give that much up, but I have to ask, would the Pittsburgh Steelers come anywhere near what the Denver Broncos were ready to throw at a team for a future Hall of Fame quarterback? I think they were probably ready to come close to it. I don't know if they were going to be able to match what the Broncos had thrown at the Seahawks. I would have been interested to see what the package looked like for Rodgers because I do imagine those would have been, uh, while not drastically different trade packages, but I certainly think you're going to give up a little bit more for a guy like Aaron Rodgers compared to you know a guy like Russell Wilson. Now, granted, both of them are very good quarterbacks, but one is considered to be one of the best in NFL history and the other is just considered to be one of the best of his generation. Yeah, you're not wrong. I do still think that you're giving up way more than you're bargaining for. If your solution is 
Aaron Rodgers because there's no I mean I didn't like the whole report that said if if Aaron wants to go to the Steelers he'll be in Pittsburgh they'll make it work I know enough about the NFL to totally understand they will not make it work <laughs> Beckers are not going to say okay Aaron yeah we're going to send you to Pittsburgh for absolutely nothing because that's what you want to do wasn't going to happen all right second question who got the better quarterback of the deal who got the 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 Seattle Seahawks are rocking with Drew Locke. The Denver Broncos have Russell Wilson in an in a division that we've talked about numerous times might be the best quarterback division in NFL history now. That is Derek Carr is sitting at the bottom of that going, well, I mean, guys, a lot of teams out there need a quarterback. Maybe you should trade me too, get me out of the AFC West. And then obviously the Packers stuck around with their Aaron Rodgers, who uh who's got the best quarterback in that deal. Uh, if we're just looking at everything that kind of happened today, obviously, I still think Aaron Rodgers sticking in Green Bay is probably the best outcome for everybody. Um, just looking at the the Seattle-Denver um, trade, though, I think Denver, and like, they've been a team we've talked about on this pod for a while now, to where, you know, if you plug a really good quarterback into that team, they feel like they're playoff ready. They feel like they could potentially push for a Super Bowl now with the emergence of Russell Wilson in there. And granted, I do think the players that they gave up were very good, but I don't think it's going to be like earth shattering the differences yeah. between like Shelby Harris, like Noah Fant not being there. Obviously, like no disrespect meant towards them. They're obviously very good players, but I, I feel like the Broncos did a good job of pretty much keeping that roster intact and you know, being able to still give the Seahawks a little bit of leeway with the trade. Now, flipping it back to the, the Seahawks, obviously Drew Locke, Drew Locke's whatever, if I'm the Seahawks. Drew Locke is a kind of like break glass if you need in case of emergency kind of guy because you know exactly what the Seahawks are thinking now. Now that Russell Wilson is out of town and they have what, the a top 10 pick? Ooh, okay. Number nine. If only, if only there were two, you know, quarterbacks that are going to be available <laughs> in the top 10 that we could potentially look at right yeah don't do you want to use a do you want to use an adjective at the beginning of those quarterbacks because you were about to do it and then yeah. you pulled back you were about to say two really good quarterbacks and then you're just like, well there's two quarterbacks and they're yeah. most definitely available that's that's where i was going with this is it now a lock that the seahawks are just like okay look at we because it is a it is the perfect position the seahawks are definitely a team that will say we'll rock with drew lock for one season and maybe maybe there'll be some good that comes out of it maybe there won't be either way we have malik willis sitting on the bench we have kenny pickett sitting on the bench is it a definite guarantee that that number nine pick is now a quarterback i think so and i think uh drew lock can't run for his life like russell wilson did behind that offensive line and sure. you know with that with that team overall but i do think a change of scenery might be good for Locke, especially with receivers like dk metcalf and tyler lockett you know on top of you know a handful of playmakers on seattle's defensive side of the ball but yeah i mean it, it, like now is the time if you're the seahawks to try to move forward and look for your franchise quarterback you don't know you know if and when you'll be picking in the top 10 again uh you know i'm certain if they rock with drew lock for an entire season they probably will be picking in the top 10 again, but there are no guarantees in the NFL. You really don't know what is going to happen. Um, you know, and I feel like maybe even now, if they're sold on a guy, they might try to move up to number six or, you know, it, it, like you had already pointed out, maybe try to stay back at nine and take 
you know, whatever of the two quarterbacks that, you know, may have fallen into their lap. But I think increasingly by the day and now by the hour, especially with today's events, it does not look like the Steelers are going to get their hands on neither Kenny Pickett nor Malik Willis. No, no. I, I, and I think like that was my question way down the line here, but I think it does put a lot of pressure on the Panthers to say, okay, well, if one of the quarterbacks is definitely going to go at nine, we definitely have to draft draft quarterback at six because there's no way one of the guys we want possibly slides his way to the second round. I think before today, that was a possibility. If the Panthers Mm -hmm. and the Broncos did not select a quarterback, there was definitely a chance, especially after free agency, where there will be more quarterbacks plugged into starting roles. There are definitely opportunities for quarterbacks. One of the top two to slide into that second round. Were a big opportunity? No, but it was definitely there, and it was definitely wide enough to think about. Now I think Seattle already has their plan, and the Panthers are looking at it going, well, why would we take a risk and end up with Sam Howell when we could have had Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis? And I think it's going to end up being Malik Willis, and I think that's Seattle sitting behind that going, Kenny Pickett. Now, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, does that put more pressure on you? Because if those two quarterbacks are gone, now this leads to the potential that maybe they don't get the third quarterback. Maybe they get the fourth quarterback. Because before it was maybe they'll get the second quarterback. Now it's, well, if those two are gone in the first nine picks, what if Washington's sitting there or the Saints are sitting there going, whoa, 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 all right. Well, there's two out of the potentially four guys, five guys that could maybe start in this league. We have to get one too. How much, you know? How much does that lower the chances or put pressure on the Steelers to do the same thing? I think Derek, friend of the podcast, honestly host on Fridays, Derek Bell brought up a good point where he said, you can really tell where the Steelers are looking when you look at where Tomlin and Colbert go as far as pro day wise. And I think it'll be very interesting to see where both of those guys go now, considering the likelihood of both Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis Probably off the table at this point. Do they still go to Pickett or Willis's pro day? Do they now, you know, send the house to a guy like Matt Corral's pro day? Do they start looking at guys like Sam Howell? Maybe, you know, a couple of the other quarterbacks that will probably be available within that range. And so, like, now the, the Steelers have basically been forced to pivot and kind of reassess and reevaluate what they're going to do moving forward this has put pressure on them to now you know intensify their look into the free agency market for a quarterback like a guy like Trubisky or Winston or Mariota whoever it might be like in if you know you are not going to get one of the top end quarterback you know that are talented coming out of this draft you have to get somebody to compete with Mason right I mean like if if you roll into next year with just Mason and Haskins, you are doing yourself no favors at all. So you, you have to go out and get the, the, a, uh, a, at worst a veteran quarterback because if you take another like mid round guy like you tried to do with Dobbs, Mason, and Landry Jones the last couple of years, you're not getting a franchise quarterback. You are literally just grabbing another body to put onto the depth chart. The Steelers are now in the position to where they feel like they're pretty capable of potentially making another deep playoff run depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out. So they need to at least be satisfied with the quarterback play. They cannot roll the dice any longer. They need to find somebody. And so I think the recent developments of today do put more pressure on the Steelers to try to figure out the puzzle probably more quickly than they had like to anticipate. 
So when it comes to the pro days, super interesting. I agree with you there. Cincinnati's and Ole Miss's pro day and Liberty's are on the same day. I would say the Steelers have now removed themselves from Malik Willis, unless they're thinking we're going to trade up for Malik Willis, which is crazy. Um, it would be it'll be very interesting to see if they're at if Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin are at Matt Corral's or Desmond Ritter's pro day. Huge. I still think that they'll end up at Pickett's the day before. But still, um, when it comes to free agency, I think that's what it boosts more than anything. Like you could say, oh, they have pressure to draft a quarterback. I still think that if they waited till the second round and drafted Desmond Ritter, if he's still sitting around, that's a successful draft. But you have to have somebody and it needs to be somebody worthy to start. Because right now the AFC is just getting stronger, which is putting more pressure on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's that's more than anything is that. Art Rooney and Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin are now suddenly realizing, okay, the the AFC as a whole was a hot kitchen. Now it's burning up because Russell Wilson just made this thing 10 times better, and the Denver Broncos are one serious threat. So I think they are thinking, okay, we have to add somebody, and it might be somebody significant. That could be Mitchell Trubisky. That could be Marcus Mariota. Maybe that's Jameis Winston if they're feeling a little, you know, go make a splash signing. I, I think the pressure on them right now is huge. And I don't think anybody expected it to be this big right now. I think that's another interesting point, too. Like, realistically, do you see yourself winning a Super Bowl within the next one or two years? Um, I sit here today, and obviously I could be very wrong. I don't think the Steelers are going to win a Super Bowl within the next couple of years. So does that change the thought process with it? Does that change the the need to go grab a quarterback in this upcoming draft, you know, or are you more comfortable sitting at 20, maybe even trading back into the, the, you know, a little bit deeper in the first round and taking the best player available at positions that you need, like cornerback, maybe inside linebacker, like anywhere across the offensive line. And then you kind of let the chips fall how they fall from there, you know, and at worst case scenario, your quarterback play isn't very good in 2022. And then you, probably find yourself in a position to at least be capable of moving up and going to get a guy into what's considered a much better quarterback class next year. But on the other side of that coin, do you want to waste guys like TJ, guys like Minka, the last years that we have of Cam Hayward? Like how, how much are we willing to kind of like push and pull from, you know, are we good enough or are we not good enough to go make a Super Bowl run? That is, that's the question is how long are you willing to wait before you're saying this is the year it's Super Bowl or bust? I don't think 2022 is that year. I think no matter what, they're all looking at it going, but we got a bunch of holes. I think 2023 could be that year. And I think that they're thinking that way. I think that right now they're saying, okay, maybe we don't need to have our franchise guy this year, but our franchise guy has to be on the roster and he has to be pushing to be a franchise guy. It can't be a, oh, we're going to sit around with a really bad group of quarterbacks and hope next year we land an Aaron Rodgers type situation for cheap because that's not going to happen. And I get that the cap space is going to keep going up. And until you have a quarterback contract on your roster, you can pretty much make anything work. But you need that guy because this isn't going to be the year. It's going to be next year. Um, that being said, I don't know what that guy is. You know, I keep going back to Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter is a perfect fit for the potential of that guy. I think he's super athletic. He 
has as much leadership as anyone in this draft class, you're probably not going to have to move to go get him, especially if Sam Howell has a good pro day and teams are hot on him. I think that he's a guy that could be sitting there at 52. And in my opinion, that's the move right now is Desmond Ritter. I know that I might be alone on that. No, Ritter should definitely uh, be in play. I'm not sure how much the needle has moved on guys like Derek Carr or even Deshaun Watson, where I, I don't know if you saw the report today, but uh, apparently on Friday he's supposed to have uh, hopefully some more clarity in terms of his legal situation going on with all of that. So hopefully by this weekend we have a more clear idea of whether or not Watson will be able to play moving forward. A bunch of options right now, but no, I can't lie, bro. I, I feel like they're kind of falling quickly. and The Steelers are just on the sideline kind of hoping and praying that something's going to pop up for them. So I, I, I don't know what the plan is for them. And I, I do think I, do, I agree with you. I, I think probably right now Desmond Ritter might be the best bang for their buck at the moment. Could be the best bang for their buck. Um, everybody take a quick glance at Nico here. Let him. I want to give everybody's comments. I, I love everybody jumping in here and just saying this is what's going to happen because yep. – Somebody's going to be right, and chances are it's not going to be us. All right, before we move on, real quick, we got a message here from our boys over at Manscaped. Splish Splash, I was taking a bath, and I noticed I have beautiful balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene, are turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. That's an all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle and is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin, hair, and balls deserve this. Save big by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS. Donnie, we get shampoo, conditioner, everything's still on the way. I'm excited for it. You excited for it? Oh, yeah. Who cannot be excited for it? Like I was talking about last week, if the other products that Manscaped have already provided us are already phenomenal, I can only imagine you know, what the, the hair care products are going to be. You know, for a guy like me who has a really small like buzz cut, keeps it nice and simple, nice little three, nice little two, kind of you know meshed into the haircut whenever I get it. Not a whole lot going on for me, but my hair always does have to look phenomenal at all times, just like yours, and I'm sure Manscaped will keep us going. Yeah, my hair is crazy. So let me walk you through the Manscaped shower routine. Step one, lather on that cologne-infused ultra-premium body wash with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean and moisturized all day. Not sure if you've heard that correctly, but this body wash is cologne-infused, so that special someone in your life will absolutely love it. Step two, the hair care time. Apply the two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner that cleanses and nourishes in one step. The non-greasy formula has a base of coconut water, green tea, aloe, turmeric, say that word again. Turmeric. Donald. Turmeric, thank you. And sage. Apply this to your armpits and public regions too. Step three. Once you hop out of the shower, protect yourself from the body odor by applying the Manscaped aluminum-free deodorant. This dries clear and is also cologne-infused. Step four. You have tattoos or dry skin? Let's hit your skin with the Hydrating Body Moisturizer Skin Spray. Excuse me. Step five, apply the Manscaped Lip Balm. This is a free gift when you purchase the Ultra Premium Collection. And last but not least, we're using the Lawnmower 4.0 Electric tr- Trimmer to clean off your unwanted body hair. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof so that you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine. This elite trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. Although your balls might look 
like some punching bags. Don't treat them like one and benefit from the SkinSafe technology. This new bundle will change your life. And I want all my listeners out there to live their best lives. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code allstealers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code allstealers at manscaped.com. It's time to get wet and clean with your new Manscaped shower routine. Donnie, I hope everybody has as much interest in using this promo code at manscaped.com as the Pittsburgh Steelers reportedly have interest in center Ryan Jensen, 2021 Pro Bowler, 2020 Super Bowl champ with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look at There's a couple of things in here. It's one thing to say, yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers should go sign Ryan Jensen. Easy peasy. It's two to say Ryan Jensen's last contract was four years, 42 million, I believe. Correct. His current estimated market value on SportTrack is three years, $30 million. Nothing, nothing super crazy, if we're being honest. But he is 30 years old, I believe. Is it a move that is automatically worth making for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Emphasis on the automatically. I think if the Steelers are not keen on Kendrick Green playing center in 2022, it is. But, I mean, I feel like from our previous conversations and what you have told me, it seems like Kendrick Green's going to be the guy snapping the ball, at least, you know, throughout the 2022 season. But how often do you get a guy like Jensen who pops up with the market? Granted, you know, he's 30 years old. And, you know, they would only sign him to like a two or three year deal, um, you know, around that like nine or $10 million range, like you pointed out. But I mean, man, like he has long been one of the best centers in football. I mean, the dude is an iron man. He barely missed any time throughout his long tenure in Tampa Bay. I mean, he executed everything that he did at a very high level. He was a very instrumental part in the Buccaneers winning their Super Bowl uh, two years ago. And I just feel like if you do have an opportunity to go and get a guy like that, it'll make your offensive line play a whole lot easier. And no, I saw this firsthand exactly what a good veteran center can do out here in Arizona. Rodney Hudson was traded from the you know Las Vegas Raiders to the Arizona Cardinals, came to a Cardinals line that was very mediocre and just elevated everybody around him and even helped his young quarterback, which, by the way, the Steelers are going to have a young quarterback under center, whether it's Mason Rudolph or somebody else. And the, the value of having a center who's undoubtedly one of the more important people on the football field because he does touch the ball every single play. He's getting the offensive line organized. He's he's letting the quarterback know of any blitzes or checks that they need to be aware of. A very, very smart center and a very good center is extremely underrated. So I feel like the Steelers couldn't pass up on that opportunity if they had to. Yeah, so I agree with everything that you just said. First off, I want to point one thing out. We have come a long way from yelling at each other two rooms away about Mitchell Trubisky a week ago. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the quarterback talk. We've had enough of it. I've come to terms with it. Now I'm listening to you today, and I'm just like, Donnie knows what he's talking about. I was listening to you a week ago, and I was like, this idiot needs to stop (laughs) talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo is a better move than Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Ryan Jensen, I agree with everything that you say. When it comes to Kendrick Green, I think that right now the plan is to have Kendrick Green play center in 2022. However, I think that could change immediately because the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't invested in an offensive lineman in the draft. If you're going to get Ryan Jensen for three years, that's as long as you have Kendrick Green for at this current time. 
you might as well move green to guard, hope that Dotson move are does something and have Jensen at center. It also allows you to have way more flexibility in the NFL draft. So if you want to go get a tackle or maybe just sit on a tackle until the second round, maybe a guy like Tyler Smith, then you could do that comfortably without saying, yo, like if we don't get an offensive line, like our entire team might just kill us because everyone is aware that that is our worst spot on the roster right now. Um, It allows them to do that. It also allows them to say, maybe we could get a guard, have Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green and this rookie compete for the starting spots. And then we could maybe bring back Chooks. I know people aren't very high on Chooks, but maybe we could bring back Chooks. Dan Moore hopefully works out. Or like I said, you could go interior, exterior, your entire offensive line is fixed. So I agree with you, dude. I think it's like a, a no questions asked. If Ryan Jensen said, I will come play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers should say, yes, here is your whatever contract as long as it's reasonable. I think going back to the versatility point that you touched on too, very rarely do I feel like that entire NFL, like starting off of the lines, make it from week one to now week 18, the entire season, you know, playing fully healthy. You are going to get banged up. You are going to get hurt and nicked, especially at the offensive line where they're banging bodies every single play. It's going to be very important that the Steelers do have guys they can kind of swap in and out of the lineup if they yep. need. So giving Kendrick Green that experience at right guard when he, he already does have the experience at center as well, I feel like it probably pay dividends and hopefully it could even give him a little bit more intelligence and maybe some more awareness, you know, having that experience playing guard. So if he does move back to center, he kind of has, you know, that, that perspective and that point of view playing, you know, alongside of him. So no, I, I think at worst, I uh, you know Jensen would be a veteran guy. You get in to teach to the young ducklings and you know, show them the ropes a little bit. And that's even on top of the phenomenal uh, offensive line play that he would elevate everybody around him. So I think it'd be uh, one of the few home run hits that the Steelers have had to free agency in the last few years. Yeah. And I think the backs are against the wall. Like I think right now they're looking at it. Like that's an option that we need to approach because every single person in that organization understands that if they screw up again, it is going to be a bad year. We've talked about that before last off season. They tried and failed miserably this off season. If they don't get it right, this season's going to get bad so quick and nobody wants to be a part of that. Uh, what they do want to be a part of the perfect off season. So we are eight days now, eight days away from the new league year. The Pittsburgh Steelers will head into free agency with like roughly $30 million with a boatload more money that they could possibly add on. Would you like to assume in this scenario, would you like to assume Minka Fitzpatrick and Deontay Johnson both get extensions or do you have different plans for how that so goes down? I, I had just one of those guys factored in factored into my perfect offseason. So we could probably get into that a little bit if you would like. Yes, yes. I'm all I'm all ears. My perfect offseason, uh before free agency even starts, I would try my very best to get Minka Fitzpatrick a new deal. Um I, I know that Minka did not create the amount of turnovers people would have liked last season, but you have to understand his role as a free safety is pretty much playing center fielder. And, you know, if guys aren't throwing super deep on Minka, he's doing his job. And the fact that he has showed the capability of coming up and playing around the box and being able to bring some guys down on occasion, I, I understand he does miss tackles. 
but you know he's not Terrell Edmonds just in terms of bringing ball carriers down. He's still one of the the best safeties in the league, and I think it's about time that he gets paid like it. You know, lock him down long term with TJ, and you gotta like the Steelers' defense moving from there. When you talk about Deontay, um, I think that extension can wait. I would really like to see how Deontay responds this year because he came on very strong last year and then kind of tailed off towards the end of the year. And the the hate and the remarks surrounding Deontay just never really seemed to go away, right? You know, it, it's always one or two things that have to be said about him. And ultimately, I think it's going to be up to him to silence a lot of people, including me, because I have been very critical of him, especially down the stretch of the 2021 season. It's going to be up to him to kind of, you know, rectify all of the wrongs that he had last year. So I'm tabling the Deontay extension, you know, maybe in the summertime before the season, if he wants. I will say, though, that Mike Williams extension that he got today, $20 million a year. And Deontay is looking at that and he's like, all right, let, let's start right here and, and yeah. then we'll continue talking. Right. Going into free agency, I would like to see a little bit more cap space freed up. And like you already alluded to, there are certain moves that they can do, certain restructures that they can kind of push to the forefront and to free up more space. Give me all the offensive linemen. Give me whatever <laughs> offensive linemen that you can find. Uh, more than anything, though, get me a veteran cornerback. I don't think you should ignore a corner in the uh, the draft class, the upcoming one at least. Go get a veteran guy. You are losing three guys in your secondary. You are going to need a man who knows exactly what to do. I'm not saying go get J.C. Jackson from New England, who did not get franchise tagged, by the way. Very interesting. He's going to demand a lot of money, whether or not you want to spend on him. Completely different decision you have to make. At least try to get somebody inside linebacker, corner, or lineman. I'll be happy with that. Heading into the draft, best player available has never done you wrong, right? And like it doesn't matter what position they play. If you add good football players to your team over the course of time, your team will be a good football team, not rocket science. I know, crazy. So, you know, if they're sitting there at 20 and we're assuming that Willis and Pickett are going to be gone, Take the best corner, take the best offensive lineman at any position, center, guard, tackle, you name it. If, if they're there and you really like them, go grab them. Um, any upgrades along the offensive line will be welcomed. Any upgrades along the cornerback room will be welcomed in the first round. That like day two, day three area, that's where I would start to entertain a wide receiver, um, you know, potentially an inside linebacker there as well. And hopefully, you know, on day three of the draft, you, know, you you get some depth to Ed Rusher, Edge Rusher, excuse me. Hopefully Ed you Rusher. find another running back that can kind of complement Najee Harris and you know, his skill set and what he's able to do. And it, it's really easy for me to sit here with no ramifications for my opinion whatsoever. After we get done with this podcast, I'm going to go get some Chipotle. I don't have to worry about the, the moves I'm making in my head failing or, you know, succeeding. But it seems pretty cut and clear what the Steelers need to do, right? Like we're, we're, oh, yeah. we're not overthinking this. No, no, no. I, and that's the thing. Like the perfect offseason doesn't seem super difficult at this point. And honestly, it's more logical than it is unlogical. It's not like we're saying, oh, the perfect offseason would be Tom Brady to unretire and come play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, because that is the perfect offseason if we're being 100% honest. All right. So my perfect offseason, uh, I have it a little bit more detailed. So starts with Ryan Jensen. You got to go get Ryan Jensen. If he's market valued at three years, 30 million, you go get him. He solves so many problems 
on that offensive line. Just like you said about Rodney Hudson, he literally comes in here and says, everyone around me is going to be better instantly because we have the best player on our offensive line in the middle of the offensive line. Worked with Marquise Pouncey for years. Second, you have to resign Minka Fitzpatrick. You have to extend him. That's not even a question. He's like the third best, maybe the second or the first best safety in the NFL. You do not give him up. You just don't. Now, you head into, uh, I guess we'll stick in free agency because these guys aren't going to slide. One, you re-sign Akello Witherspoon. I think he has earned his place to compete for an outside job. And I think that if it's not here, he's going to be a starter somewhere else. So you might as well leave him here. It also allows you to just kind of relax on the cornerback position. Go maybe hope that Justin Lane and James Pierre turn into something, but have a backup plan. Not a big one, but you don't need, I mean, you could, people, people will hate on James Pierre and Justin Lane and I get that, but if they're your backup options at cornerback, I'm not super upset about it. If they're your starters at cornerback, then I'm pretty upset about it. So Akella Witherspoon solves that one. Then you sign two veterans. One of them might be a little pricey, but I don't think he's going to be much more pricey than Terrell Edmonds, and he's an upgrade at safety, and that is Jordan – or uh, excuse me, that is uh, Jordan Whitehead. I think the pit connection's obviously there. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's clearly an up-and-coming safety in this league. I think he's got a lot more potential than Terrell Edmonds does. Probably mix and match a little bit better than Minka Fitzpatrick. So you go out and make a splash signing there. Then you get Kyle Van Noy, probably a cheap veteran option. He's been cut twice in two years. You say, okay, he's already played with Brian Flores in two different environments. That's a good connection to have there. He could play outside and inside, so he provides depth everywhere. And you don't need to cut a guy like Joe Schobert right now because you have the cap space to say go into the offseason and compete with these guys and whoever comes out on top, that's going to be our starting inside linebacker or if it's Kyle Van Noy, our guy that bounces around a little bit. Then you head into the NFL draft. It starts round one. I'm not going quarterback. In the perfect scenario here, this is the perfect scenario. Jordan Davis falls to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. I'm 100% sold on Jordan Davis. The dude is an absolute tank who moves at a 4-8 speed. If you run a 4-8 and you are speed. sub 4-8 speed and you are 400 pounds, almost 400 pounds, you should – That's there's no stopping that. There's no stopping that. He's a guy that if Stefan Tuitt does not play football ever again, he could step in and be a defensive end immediately. If Tyson Alualu returns and Stefan Tuitt returns, he is that guy that works alongside both of them in both positions and is an absolute game wrecker. And then when Tyson retires, he's that guy. Go I'm ahead. just saying short yardage defense becomes a lot more smoother with the addition of Jordan Davis should Alualu and Stefan Tuitt come back. I mean, even, even looking into the future, I mean, wow. That's what I'm saying. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have struggled significantly to stop the run the last two seasons. Yep. Why? Because as soon as somebody goes down, there's no depth there. Jordan Davis plugs that middle to perfection, to perfection. I think that's a clear choice in round one if he's available. Round two, you come back, you grab Tyler Smith. So now you have options at guard because John LeGlue and J.C. Hassenauer are still around, and I expect them to be around, and I think they're both quality backups. Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green fighting to start 
at guards, I feel okay with that. You put Ryan Jensen at center, I feel really good about that. And then you go and draft Tyler Smith, and you let him and Dan Moore figure out which side is best for both of them. And I think that that offensive line immediately takes a step up. That doesn't exclude, I mean, Zach Banner's still going to compete in the summer for whatever position he could possibly have, and there will be guys like that. So third round, this is where it gets to a little bit of a stretch. I, in a perfect scenario, I would hope that Desmond Ritter slid to the third round, even if the Pittsburgh Steelers have to move up a little bit to go get him. I think that he is a guy that carries a ton of potential. He doesn't push the line on anything. You bring in another quarterback, even if they're not ready, they're immediately the starter. Right now, if it's Desmond Ritter, Mason Rudolph could possibly start. Dwayne Haskins could possibly start. You bring in a veteran quarterback to compete with everybody, he could possibly start. Or Desmond Ritter could shock the world, be the next Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, who whatever middle-tier line or quarterback you want to compare him to, and he turns out to be something huge. Bunch of upside there. And then to finish off the draft, you know, you got to you got to do a bunch of little things, like you said, add for Najee Harris, those types of things. But I think somewhere in that draft, you find a nickelback and one that you could feel real comfortable with. My choice, personally, maybe the end of day two, maybe the first round of day three, if you have to move up. I know that the Steelers don't have a fourth round pick or maybe they don't have a fifth round pick. Marcus Jones out of Houston. He's 5'8". He's a little dude. He reminds me a lot of Mike Hilton. He's an incredible blitzer. I think he's he's going to go middle of day, middle of day three, hopefully. Ran pretty good. He's 24 years old, so he's, his upside is not as high as many of the other cornerbacks in this draft. But I think that his potential is definitely there, and I think that he's somebody that could round out this defense quite well. Um, in a perfect situation, I think that the only issue – is that Mason Rudolph walks into that season as the starting quarterback. But, man, maybe if it's not 2022, 2023 could look really good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, two things. One, that was very well done. I, I I would sign up for that offseason 10 times out of 10. Thank you. Second point I, I do want to bring up is you can't fix this team in one offseason. Like, no. you really, really can't. And that's why I was so upset last year whenever they pretty much failed and really didn't do anything to upgrade the team, at least in free agency moving forward. I think you do as much as you can this year, knowing that you are not going to win a Super Bowl. You let whatever situation happens at quarterback pan out. And then 2023, that's when you really got to start narrowing the focus in on getting a guy that can at least provide you a Super Bowl window for the next few years or land you the franchise guy moving forward. And obviously that's a lot easier said than done, but just given the state of this team right now, I mean, it is so hard to really turn this team into a Super Bowl contender, especially with the moves made today, especially with how tough the AFC was already. So I, I think that offseason would be chef's kiss. Yeah. I think that there is potential that the Steelers don't, totally bomb in 2022. I think there's plenty of potential there. No matter who the quarterback is, no matter what this team looks like, I think that there's always potential there. But I think overall, we can both agree that looking ahead right now, it is a 2023 and run and gun season. But I think 2023, like that's the thing, is like if the Pittsburgh Steelers don't make the playoffs this season, even if it's not a total waste of a year and the Pittsburgh Steelers just miss the playoffs – 
2023 has so much potential for this team that it's like it's a Super Bowl year. If they could figure out the quarterback situation and do the right things this offseason, this draft and this free agency class is so loaded right now that and the cap space is so there that the Steelers are in prime position to <clears throat> turn their future right around. It's not like, a, oh, we need five years to rebuild. It's like, a, no, everything's in front of us, and if we get it right, we have one eh year before this is skyrockets to the Super Bowl. And I, see, I think that's, that they know that's that. the important part, though, because – in order for that to happen, you need to have very good off seasons, which goes yeah, back yeah, to last good. year. Whenever, whenever we were slandering the front office for yeah. the the pile of garbage that was last year's off season, so that, that that puts even more emphasis on this year and next year heading to 2023. If we are trying to hold up a Lombardi Trophy at the end of February and plan Super Bowl parades, yeah, no, you're right. If you it, look, it, it can't be pressed with anything, and I think it goes full circle here. Like right back to our initial conversation, the Pittsburgh Steelers can't walk into this offseason saying Russell Wilson just came into the AFC. Oh my God, what are we going to do? They just have to say, these are the holes in our team. How can we fix the holes in our team? We need to find a franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, you can fix every single hole on that team and not have a franchise quarterback. You can fix every single hole in that team a lot easier than you could find a franchise quarterback. They're one in a dozen. There's only 32 of them in the NFL. So I, I think that that's the key is just stay cool, calm, and collected. Do your offseason. I think it's a perfect year for Kevin Colbert to have the pressure on his back to go out right and to also kind of stop thinking 10 years down the road. It's like a now and maybe the next couple of years type situation where he doesn't want to leave this team in bad hands but he also is smart enough and he's a Hall of Fame GM to say, okay, I know how to build for the future and for now. I think that's the perfect amount of pressure. Honestly, like the optimism is there. And yes. we we constantly talk about the bad, crappy stuff, but the optimism, even if it's not this season, is right in front of this team. And I, I mean, that's I also good. I also think that Kevin Colbert is a smart enough man to understand that he does not have to throw the dice at trying to get a franchise quarterback in order to set this team up, you know, in, in a good position for the coming years, you know, as long as he puts them in a good enough position by filling holes of need, by addressing positions that need to be addressed, I think he'll sleep at night knowing it damn well and good that, you know, just because there wasn't a potential franchise quarterback in this draft, which is an opinion that you know a lot of people do share, does not mean, you know, you have to go and get one just because you're not sold on the current guy that you have. There are other quarterbacks that are going to come into play. Fix the holes that you currently have across the rest of the board and go from there. So I think Colbert is the exact opposite of a very reactionary person. I don't think he's going to lose any sleep tonight with the uh, the Russell Wilson news to Denver, and I don't no. think any plans should change for the Steelers moving forward, like you said. Nope. I, I heard Ben Albright say this, and I'll, I think this is a perfect way to end this here. I heard Ben Albright say this about the Denver Broncos before they made a move for Russ. He said, this team has a good enough plan that they're going to be just fine. Nobody should worry about it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I trust, have a plan in place. And it seems that that plan is starting to come to fruition. But it looks and appears as they have a plan that I would not really stress about. That I would say, things are going to work out just fine because somehow they've kept this team alive for as long as they have in moments when they shouldn't have. This situation isn't dire. 
it's it's big newsworthy and it's headline worthy and major news cycles are going to push it to the negative as hard as possible, ourselves included sometimes. But I think overall, everything is going to be just fine. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video for us. We appreciate it. Be a friend. Tell a friend to subscribe to us. Make sure to use our promo code at manscaped.com, and we'll be back on Thursday. Cheers.